0: That you brought us this far to say it's over. With. We don't believe, oh God, that you brought us over all the trouble areas in giving birth to Akron Alliance Fellowship to say that it's done. You brought us too far from where we've started from, Lord you've brought us too far. And Lord, you're not finished with us yet. It doesn't matter who becomes pastor or who is sitting in these seats. You still have a work for this church to perform. You still have a vital work That will have eternal value in the lives of people. It is your work. It is your church. For no man can say that they started Akron Alliance Fellowship. It is birthed in the very heart and mind of the living God. Of men who were obedient unto you to even leave from where they were to begin a work that would be different. And nobody said, Lord, that it would be easy. But Lord, you have sustained us and you have kept us. And for this we thank you. Thank you, Lord. For, Lord, You have, as it is often said, you have bought us a mighty long way. And we thank you. Amen. I don't believe the Lord has brought you this far to leave you. No matter where your life may be, God has not molded and shaped Or have done what he's done in your personal life to say, I'm done. If you think of Moses, boy, God didn't really begin his work until he was 80 years old. But yet, God was just beginning. And it wasn't over with. Akron Lyons Fellowship started in the minds of God and then transferred into the minds and the hearts of a few men. And God, in his own way, birthed this church from Winton Avenue to Portage Path School to the house up front to where we are present. And it's been God who has brought us this far. Now, I want you to understand something, and maybe you already know these things. But do you realize that Satan will make things look worse than what they ever could be? Yeah. Satan will paint a picture for you that, boy, you can't go on. That you can't achieve. And I want to share with you, if you just believe God and trust him, if you just believe God and trust him, he will show you some great and mighty things yet. And God, he asked this question, when he comes, will he find any faithful? And my prayer is that Akron Alliance Fellowship will always be faithful to the name of Jesus Christ. We'll never lose that distinction. That we'll always be a church of quality people who have faith in God and trust God above all else. And be faithful to Him. Be faithful to Him. Secondly, you need to understand that Satan wants to rob all of your hope. He wants to remove your hope. Because if he can take your hope away from you, you'll stop dreaming. You'll stop dreaming. When you find a person who is hopeless, you find a person who has no goals, no ambition, no dreams. And Satan will rob all of that from you if you allow him. And God wants you to dream. Sometime when you have your concordance out, just look up the word dream and look up the word vision and go through it. How many times God has spoken or come to people in dreams or in visions? Or spoken to them in dreams and visions? Now, think with me because the scripture says our God changes not. <laughs> if something works, why would God change his method? <laughs> I believe that God still wants to speak to Akron Lions Fellowship and still wants us to dream beyond our ability, beyond our numbers, beyond our financial ability to dream bigger than what we could ever dream. Why? Because he has already said, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things. He didn't say, well, if you're big, then call on me. He didn't say, well, once you get enough money, call on me. See, the real estate will tell you, when you get that amount of money, you call on me and I'll show you the type of house The human world or this world thing is, yeah, when you get there, then I'll be. God is saying, no, you just call on me and you ask me and I'll take you there. Big difference. Big difference. And if this church will have it in its heart and mind to pray and really call upon God, beseech him, storm the doors of heaven. I believe God will yet show us great and mighty things. God has not yet done his most marvelous work yet. Sometime I'm at fault because of my unbelief. And then God talks to me afterwards. And sometime I have to try some foolish things. And I'm going to use Georgia for an example sitting back there. Because one day I was frightened as all get out to say, Georgia, come out that chair and walk. It was in my mind, but I didn't say it. Because of the fear that what happens if that don't happen? You know. And then I battle with myself. Am I really believing God? And yet, I tell God, I want to see you do things in this sanctuary that's never been done before. Never been done before. So Satan would want to steal your hope. Satan also would desire for you to come to a place where you no longer believe that God is with you. What kind of life is it when you no longer believe that God is with you? And God has promised, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. As we start into this new year, will we really believe God is still with us? How many of you can really say, God's bought me a long ways? I'm going to use James's story. James, do you mind if I use your story? I'm going to use it here. (laughs) And it was a time James was totally out of work. He had been to every place he could have gone to, to find work. And he told his wife that morning, I'm not coming back home till I find a job. Men can run to their end wits, can't they? But you know the one thing that really encouraged him more than anything else? When they opened up the refrigerator, and he'd never forget these words from Donna. Well, there's nothing in there, but we have each other. Let me relate that to Aquanlands Fellowship. There's really nothing in our bank account, but we have God. We're not flowing with 500, 300, 600 people, but we have God. We, in some ways, may be empty, but we are rich in Christ. And never forget we have each other. And God will not leave us. He is the one who planted Akron Alliance Fellowship. He's the one who has paid every bill for Akron Alliance Fellowship. He is the one who has purchased the land for whatever he's going to do with it for Akron Alliance Fellowship. And when God is at work, it never rests on one person. For that one person can can go and God's program continues to move on. Because it's not rested upon that person, it's upon God himself. But Satan would have you to believe, boy, if one person disappears or if this happens or if that happens, then everything what? Falls down. No. As long as you honor God in this place, God will honor you. And He will bless you. And God will keep you. If you have your Bibles, go with me to. Genesis 15, because oftentimes this is what takes place and and we need to hear from God about it and, and, and allow God. And again, I'm just talking to you from my heart this morning. And this is something in the Lord just said. One day I'm going to not leave, but step down. And we don't know exactly when that might be. We're praying for another three to five years. But that would be up to the Lord. There's a young man that I'm talking to who's already graduated, but his wife has another year in school in music. She's a uh, music major. And I told him, we don't want to interrupt her plans. We want to see her complete her plans too and graduate. Don't want to try to have her leave school and then try to plug in here somewhere else to finish. Take that other year. We're going to bring him in in February, the third week of February, just to begin to take a look at him. And and I've been praying with him. He's been praying. I told him, you pray and I'll pray. And, And he said, well, are you looking at anybody else? I said, we've had three or four other people in but I only do one at a time. I don't do three or four or five at a time. He said, why? I said, when I look at scripture, God knows exactly who he wants. God doesn't have to test five or six guys to see. God knows exactly who he wants. And I believe that is for a church too. God knows exactly who he wants. And guess what? You will know it and I'll know it. If either one of us Don't feel comfortable. Let's be honest with the other and tell them that. (laughs) So we're just going to walk this journey and we'll see what God does. But I want you to take a look with me at Abraham here just for a moment when it comes to this thing of vision. He says in that verse 1, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid. Look at the very first thing he says to me. Don't be afraid. When you cast visions or you have a dream, oftentimes what stops people from achieving their dream or going after their dream is that they become afraid of failure. They become afraid of what happens if I don't achieve this and somehow Satan began to bring all these different thoughts in that caused them to become fearful and, and back away. When you dream, you want to dream and run after it. When you dream, you want to be able to constantly tell yourself, I can overcome this, I can overcome this, I can overcome this. Because as the song said, nobody told me that the road would be what? Easy. And often times we want something what? Easy. And oftentimes when you start in the business for yourself, you'll pay your employees more than you'll pay yourself. Most of the time the person that goes lacking is the person who is in charge of something. And God didn't promise... That it would be easy. He just promised he'll be with you. He'll be with you. So he says to Abram with this vision, don't be afraid. And I want to share to you, don't be afraid. And I know sometimes I ask you things and we kind of look at each other and we say, well, boy, we don't have the money, we don't have this, we don't have that. And yet somehow God does it and I want to thank you for your vote of confidence when you have to vote as a church on something that you're able to trust God and see beyond just a man and believe God I don't know you know how big that is that you believe God to achieve whatever we're going after you believe God God And he says, don't be afraid, because that's the first thing that happens to us. Boy, we can't do this. We don't have enough folks. We don't have enough this. We don't have enough that. And usually when it boils down to the work, it's only a handful of people. But boy, if you go back and remember Gideon, boy, God was going to send him off to war. And God kept telling him, "Get, get rid of these folks. Get rid of these folks. Get rid of these folks. And Gideon said, I can't go to battle with these few. And yet, God gave him the victory. God has never looked at large numbers. What he looks at is faithfulness. It's faithfulness. And I want to encourage you be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful to the task that God assigns you. Be faithful with it. So don't be afraid. And that's the first thing God says to Abram don't be afraid. Go to Acts 19, Acts 10. If I can get these bifocals to work right. Acts 10, 19 and 20. Again, what's something takes place? hey get there. That's not it. I've got to take these things off to sea. It says in nineteen, while Peter was still thinking about the vision. If you ponder the vision too long, you won't what? You won't move. People have done that with their dream. They started dreaming when they were 25, 26. Guess what they're still doing when they're 50 years old? Still dreaming the same thing. (laughs) But have never taken a step towards that dream. Never begin to put anything into action towards that dream. And, And here's Peter. Peter's still pondering the vision that he saw. God don't want you so much pounded division after He's giving you division. He wants you to begin to do what? Take an action towards division. Begin to plan. And He'll plan with you. Any plans that are not agreeable with God, He'll throw the plans of man and He'll throw it out. But if it's His plan then, He begins to open the door. He begins to bring this person in. He begins to bring that person in. He begins to do things that... It's amazing that only God is able to do. He begins to do it. And it says with Peter, boy, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out Asking if Simon was still known as Peter was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do Do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. Do not hesitate. When you really believe it's of God, Don't hesitate. When you believe it's of God, step out. When you believe God is speaking and God is showing you and God is doing, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate, church. And I hope somehow God builds that into our DNA that we don't hesitate. See, sometimes about visions, you can get a committee together, and boy, and the committee can start talking about it and everything, and this problem with it, and that problem with it, and this thing's wrong with it, and we can't do this, the money's not there, we don't have the right personnel, we don't have this. God says, don't hesitate. Somehow step out. Boy, it's like Peter on that boat. That's water, Lord. That ain't land, that's water. I know the results if I step off this boat onto water. I know what's naturally going to happen if I step on that water. And oftentimes we use our own what? Reasoning. And the Lord says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways do what? What? Acknowledge Him, and if He's begging you to come, don't hesitate. Step out on the water and trust Him to hold you. As a church, you're going to have to step out at times, because if you don't step out, you'll become a humdum church doing the same little stuff, over and over again, and you'll get your traditional things set in, and God will not be involved. For God is involved in a church of faith that's willing to take risks and believe Him and trust Him and go beyond our own ability to reason and rationale. And he said, Peter, don't hesitate. Don't be afraid. Don't hesitate about it. Many of you already know Isaiah twenty nine seven. That without a vision, the people do what? Yeah. Without dreaming, you perish. No. I've always had people tell me what I can't do in my life. And if you listen to them, you won't do it. You know. But step out. I had people here, even at this church, that said, Pastor, on your salary, you can't build a new home. Don't, don't, don't even try that. But stepped out, and God has done it. God provided it. And even my next door neighbor told my kids I don't know how your dad even did that on his salary because he knew very much about my salary. Trusting God to do. Trusting God to do. Now a lot of you are saying boy if we call another pastor how is that going to work with our income? me and God has already talked about it. I will give up a good portion of my salary for the new gentleman can have a salary that will meet his needs. And we will take far less. Hopefully if we grow, I can recover some of it. If not, God will provide And he'll take care. I know that's been pondering some of you in your mind. Well, how are we going to afford two full-time pastors? At that time, I take less to make up his salary. And eventually, we will change roles. He will become senior pastor. I will become associate pastor. And he says, without a vision, the people perish. And when you have a vision or your dream, understand this, it's always going to cost something. It's always going to cost something. But remember, if you're willing to put the initial down payment in faith, God will take care of the rest. <laughs> God will take care of the rest. Then this thing of hope. Go to me to Proverbs 23, 17, 18. Proverbs 23. Verse 17 and 18. Do not let your heart envy the sinners. Let's not get worried about what's all happening in our world, though we see it, and sometimes it frightens us. And the whole thing is that we leave the very principles of God at times, because we're seeing what the world is doing, and what sin is doing, and the effects of sin. And we forget sometimes, our God is sovereign. Our God is sovereign. Our God is sovereign. Never forget that. That God is a sovereign God and God's going to do what He wants to do. Period. Remember the song we, we, we just sung? Lord, don't do it without me. Lord, don't do it without... God's going to do it. Your prayer is that you can be ready and be involved with Him. Because we don't want Him to do it without us. We want to know what God is doing and do it with Him. He calls that we are co laborers together with Him. And that's what we really want to do. We want to be co labors with Him. And He goes on there and He says, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. Always be zealous. Always be at work for the things of the Lord. Period. Be involved there. Get involved. He says, there is surely a future hope. For who? Yeah. There's a future hope for you. There's a future hope for you. Why? You're in the hands of God. You're in the hands of God. You're not in the hands of Pastor Brown. You're not in the hands of two or three men, you're in the hands of the living God that has a living hope for you. And He's going to work His will through you as long as you're willing to say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. as long as you're willing to say that, you have a living hope. I don't care how bad it looks, despairing it looks, you have a hope and a sure hope because you're in Christ Jesus. And God likes to take things that sometimes seem like it's totally impossible and He likes to show off. That you and I can only look sit and say, Wow. That you and I can say, Boy, <laughs> God did this thing. <laughs> God did it. And he reminds us of that. There is is surely a future for you. And remember that. God has a great future for you. God isn't finished with you yet. God wants you to run on. God wants you to fix your eyes upon him and keep on running. And there's a sure hope for you. And your hope will not be cut off. Boy. Can you say to yourself. My hope won't be cut off. Though Satan may try it. And sometimes it looks that way. That it's been cut off. And sometimes I've been there too. And I even tell the Lord. Lord I'm in the desert land. (laughs) Because sometimes I feel like I'm in the desert land. And sometimes I ask, Lord, where are you? Knowing that the scriptures already have promised me he'll never leave me nor forsake me. But it's not always easy. But he says, my future will not be cut off. I want you to believe that as a church. That God still has great things for you. And Aquaman Lions' future is not going to be cut off. One of the things that really was different about this church when it first started is that it wanted to be a church that teach. That teach. And I think we're seeing more of that today, that that's what is lost That people are not really being taught. And the most important thing of the church today is that we be teachers of the Word. Teachers of the Word. Not the emotional part. It's okay to get emotional about the Word, it's okay to get excited about the Word. But the psalmist says that I've hid the word in my heart, that I will not sin against God, and there's a purpose behind that. If sin is in my life, God will not use me. But the word is hid in my heart that it might cleanse me. It cleans my thought, it cleans my mind, it cleanses me. It tells me when to run, when to leave a place. It tells me what to avoid, what not to get into. It's a warning for me, constantly built in. And it tells me how I can please my God. So I want to hide that word in my heart. But the only way you get the word hidden in your heart, if you're really being taught, it's okay to read, and I want to encourage you to read. But God says in Proverbs, iron sharpens what? You can have the sharpest knife, and even those knives got guarantee not to go dull, eventually do what? Go dull. And if you're a long ranger, most likely you're dull or you're going dull. Because it is the mind that strikes and challenges and, and allow the thoughts and the teaching of the word and the reading to go forth more and more and more. That, boy, it strikes at you. And it continues to sharpen you and build you. And you want to be in that area where it's just not set one teaching thing here and I can't think outside this box. No, I want you to explore outside this box because our God is an unlimited God. And there are things yet that is in God's hearts for your life that have not been written, but the Holy Spirit knows what they are. And He wants to show them to you. For Jesus said, He will take up mine and He will reveal it unto you. It is the Spirit of God who knows the heart of God and all that God desires for you in your life and the life of Acre and Lion's Fellowship. It is God who plans. It is God who knows beginning and end. It's God who's already set everything in place. And all we have to do is seek Him, seek Him, seek Him. All we have to do is ask Him, ask Him, ask Him. All we have to do is be willing, willing, willing. And He'll yet show us even the secret things He yet have for Aquan Alliance Fellowship. And what must be done to be able to achieve those things? Whether in personal life or in the life of the church. We want to be able to teach And to challenge the mind. Challenge the heart. As I'm preparing next year, and I keep getting this counsel, make it simple, make it simple. I don't know if I can make things always simple. As we are going to explore a little bit about end times. There's no simpleness about it. And it's not this scary, scary thing either. It's not the doomsday thing. God prepares us in teaching us what to expect, He prepares us for it. He prepares us. He taught Noah about a flood coming. Now, Noah had a choice. Either believe God or use his own rational mind. It ain't never rained. I'm having these old crazy thoughts run through my mind. It ain't never rained. Here I got a voice telling me it's going to flood. And he had a choice. Believe God or believe his own rational what? Reasoning. And he chose to believe God. And as foolish as he looked, he worked on that art until it was completed. And sometime in life when you follow your dream, you follow your vision, or you do what the Lord says for you to do, you'll look foolish to the world. You'll look foolish. I guess Moses, boy, take your shoes off of this burning bush. For what? I stood on this ground for all how many years. Because right now, Moses, you're standing on holy ground. What makes it holy? The presence of God. Same old ground, same old dirt, but the presence of God. The presence of God. What makes this church holy? Same old ground been here for centuries. Same old dirt. The presence of God. The presence of God. And that we be a people who act as though the presence of God is really here. And we consecrate this. In our actions and how we behave and the things that we do. And Moses had a choice to say, Huh, this is just the same old ground. Bernie bush, I don't understand that. So God gave him something to see that would be different. That when he would speak to him, this is God. Every time God wants to do something with you, through you, or through the church, He's going to show you something if you'll have your spiritual eyes open to see that this is God. This is God. Because in this day in which we live, we have to separate what is God's vision, what's man's vision. And that's hard. Don't follow any man blindly. Not even Pastor Brown. Don't follow anybody blindly. You want to see something of God. How is God working in this? What has God revealed? That I might trust Him. And He taught Moses that he could trust him. He could trust him. And when Moses came down from there, people recognized something had changed about Moses. Every time you as an individual or we as a church believe and trust God, people ought to see that there's something different about us. The world should see. West Ackland should see. There's something different about us. Okay. But he says, "Teach." And this church wanted to do that. It wanted to teach. Go to Psalm seventy-one, eighteen, because this hits us at home for, for a lot of us, um, even for myself. Um, when is enough enough? When is retirement date? When is this thing that should end and, and, and so forth? Um, the whole process is hearing God and listening to God about this. Listen to what He says in verse eighteen. Even when I am old and what? Have some of us gotten there? This verse is describing you. (laughs) Yeah. It's talking about me. When when I become old and gray. Boy. He said, I know you once were young. I know you once were able to do the high hurdles, low hurdles. I know at one time you were able to run that 100 yard dash, that 220. I know you was able to run on that 880 relay. I know you was able to play some football. I I knew you could able, able to jump and touch the rim. Now I can't even touch the net. God has not lost perspective of our ability. But let me let you in on a secret. God has never counted on your ability. He only counted on your availability, not your ability. God already knows we're too weak to do the work that He assigns us to do. He already knows that. So He kind of reminded, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me. Is that your prayer? It was your prayer. Lord, I've done all my laboring now. Lord, I'm 70 years old. It's time for me to hang up my guns. Lord, it's time for me to put up my balls. Lord, it's time for me to put up my bat. It's time for me to stop doing this. Lord, it's time for me to stop doing Lord, I can't even see the nail, let alone try to hit the nail. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God. Listen what the prayer is. Until I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. What's the prayer? Even though I'm old and gray, I want to be busy about sharing this gospel with the next generation. With that younger generation. I want to be able to teach that younger generation. Even though I'm old and gray. Even though they think I don't know what's going on. I want to be able to teach them. To teach them. Even with my gray hair. And they may be laughing at me. Because I'm not dressing like them. I'm out of style. But the teaching isn't. The teaching isn't. Have a heart at this church. To always be teaching the next generation. Now what does that mean? If you're going to teach the next generation, you yourself have to avail yourself to what? To teaching. Melvin does an outstanding job with Sunday school. and teaching. The class interacts with him. That's that sharpening one another. That's bringing in this view and, and that view and, and bringing this in. And it makes people go back and even study more. Oh. And, and that whole process, In one of my studies when I was able to contribute just a little bit to Sunday school this morning, when it says that word pass away, I read about two or three different views on that word of what it means to be passing away, the earth pass away, a new heaven and a new earth, and so forth. And, and, and the best one I've seen with the Greek word is that, yeah, it's reorganizing it. And not that the earth is totally destroyed, totally non-existent, but the author brings out, it's just like it was at the flood, it was not able to be lived upon. While God makes the changes. And then we read about this new heaven and this new earth. The whole process is to keep learning. Keep learning. Keep learning. And that doesn't mean we'll always agree with each other. But guess what? We'll spark each other's thinking. And we'll encourage each other to keep running for the Lord. And that's what I hope this church will always do. I don't care who comes through these doors, how long they may stay with us, that we encourage them to run for the Lord, to run for God, to live for God. Then he says to us, Psalm 78, just a few pages over, 4 and 6. He says we will not hide them from their children. Go back up to verse 3. What we have heard and known. What our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. His power and wonders he has done. We're going to let them know. And I pray that this is something that you will do. That you will always be ready to let them know the truth of what God has done on their behalf. And that the greatest gift of all is not under the Christmas tree, but it is a gift that has already been given by God in Jesus Christ. And unless we tell that story, it will be lost. It will be lost. In closing, I want to hit on what we have been watching over the last few months with the killings and so forth. And oftentimes we get all excited. Is that racial motivated or what? I don't think it's racial motivated. And you may disagree with me. But in every one of these incidents that has happened, one thing stands out. And we've seen it for years coming. The disrespect for authority. The disrespect for authority. When we get it in our minds that I don't have to obey this authority or that authority or listen to this person or that person. The person I hurt more than anybody is myself. If the boss says, go do this, well, you may say, well, that's not in my union contract. (laughs) But at that moment, maybe, if it's not endangering you, do it and fight it when? Yeah. Yeah. But we have taught ourselves to be very argumentative over everything about authority. If authority says do this, why? Say it again, Jasper. Why do I got to do it? I don't need to follow that. And we have become a nation of authority of ourselves. Every man that has been shot or killed would be alive today if they would have just followed the instructions. Now, rather, if it was right or wrong about the shooting, shooting should always be the very last resort. So I want you to know that. Shooting should only take place, really, if your life itself is really in danger. But when authority loses the ability to be the authority, they go to the very next step to show authority. And when you push authority to really show if it can make you do it, it's going to do it. It's going to do it. In Romans 13, starting in verse 1. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Now we may not like that. And we could put the racial slant on it, or we could put this slant on it, or we could put that slant on it. But if our God is that sovereign God that he declares himself to be, he has ordained government, and somehow in his perfect will also, he has allowed this person with that uniform on to be in authority, that boss at work to be in that position, that individual who directs this to be in that position, that somehow God has placed these people in position, to govern over my life in that little bitty area. So when I go up to the Coliseum or up to the basketball game and I got a ticket, I just can't go sit any place I want to sit. Just because I got a ticket, I can't go up in the lofts. Just because I got a ticket, I can't go down on the very first row because I'm the first one there and sit there. I have to go where that ticket says for me to go, and guess what? They have ushers to make sure I'm in the proper seat. If I'm not willing to listen to that usher, he can get somebody to escort me out from watching the basketball game. A flight attendant is not somebody with a badge. But when you get that ticket and step onto that plane, that flight attendant can tell you quite a bit if you're out of order. But we have come to a place that we ourselves, even in the church, we are a rebellious people. and need to ask God, forgive us. Forgive us, forgive us. I believe God doesn't do a quarter of the work He wants to do through His church today. And I just have churches, is because of our rebellionness against what God is requiring of us. and therefore the world is in the shape that it's in because of us and our rebelliousness. If we teach and teach scripture properly, I believe it subsides the rebelliousness that's in us. Because now the Holy Spirit puts up a flag every time that rebellion goes, the Holy Spirit is able to deal with it in us. Well, my time's up. I love you. And I love Aqua Lions Fellowship. And I hope to always be a part Elaine and I, when we retire, and and I'm just talking future yet. It's not going to happen next month. Not going to happen six months from now. But you know something, I look at Scripture. God did not start preparing Joshua two days before Moses. (laughs) Uh, Timothy was not being prepared two months before Paul was leaving the the scene. Timothy had some years to spend with Paul and learn. But we need to be a people who plan and really seeking God for his plan. Lord, who's the next man? Lord, what new thing do you want us to do as a church? Lord, how do we reach this younger generation? Lord, what's your plan for Akron Lions Fellowship? And pray and pray and pray. Amen? Love you much. Let's pray.